Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome to episode 136 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where this week we're joined by a woodworker, inventor, and Instagram hand model. When he finds a tool inadequate, he doesn't throw it out. He invents a better version. He's got more vices than a priest in Vegas. He's more attractive than a mag switch. And his car is a turbo. If you'd be so inclined as to help me welcome Andy Klein. Dang, Pete. That was legit. Thank you for that intro and for having me. I'm excited. That was that was good, buddy. I mean, you, Andy, just, I got bad news for you. It's all down. Yeah, that's <laughs> the show just peaked big time. Like Pete came yeah. in way too hot. He needs to have a sandwich, maybe take a nap. Uh, no, dare but, dare we say the show the show Pete? Pete Pete in high school. I see. Pete in high school. I was also Pete in high school. Oh, okay, cool. No, big thanks to Andy for joining us. We're really glad to have you here, man. It's really cool. Um, I wanted to quickly thank our patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for always supporting the show. You guys keep this thing chugging along. Thank you so much. Um, well, that's kind of it. We don't have any new patrons, so I just kind of wanted to yeah, deep dive so right sad. into. I know, right? Come on, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> patrons, you guys are the best. Uh. Andy, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We uh, we arranged this during a bonfire at Maker Camp several months ago. We did. Uh, you know, thoughts on Maker Camp. Well, we Go. were staring into each other's <laughs> eyes. Yeah, we were looking at each other's yeah, eyes, sharing time. a plate of spaghetti like Lady and the Tramp. It was beautiful, all four of us. We should do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we should I mean, exactly we'll right. Between 10 and 11. <laughs> We should do a pod. I mean, what's your That's thoughts true. on Maker Camp, man? What do you what do you think about Maker Camp? Maker Camp was a blast. I Isn't it, the um, best? it really is. So it really so, is. Um so I like to I, I like the camping. I did the the tent camping. Uh nice. a little cold the oh, first night. Brave. A little cold the first night, but then I made a right. made a run for a warmer warmer uh clothing and sleeping bag, but nice. just the hands-on aspect and you know, it has the community aspect and seeing people that you like spending time with, like like other events do, but but nothing else has that much hands on. Um, so it, it's just great. I'll absolutely. You be haven't done a sleepover at Pete's house though, so there's <laughs> that. There's a lot I, of hands on. It's cool. Hands on. It's a cool event. I don't know. Like the only other event that I have to reference against, other than like trade events, is WorkbenchCon, Work and that's so Con. content related. <laughs> so that's why Maker Camp is such a nice like. <laughs> Refresh, fresh, a breath of fresh air compared to WorkbenchCon. Yeah, I mean, WorkbenchCon is great. WorkbenchCon yeah. is great, and it's really important if you're in content or doing that stuff. But with Maker Camp, you're just like there with a bunch of other people who are making. I don't know. It's just it's really yeah feels like down back to the roots of things. I guess I don't know. It's nice, very down to earth. Yeah, yeah. WorkbenchCon. There's a lot of conversations about how to get more views and likes and right be big time on Which social hashtags? media. Yeah, Which exactly. is, you know, we all we have to play that game, um, and I'm right. part of lots of those conversations. But it's not not always. It's not why I got into this in the first right. place. Right, you got into so, this to make stuff. To make and stuff, just absolutely. To share it as well, and you got to do that mm-hmm. well too. So it's uh, it's back right. to basics. So it's nice. For uh, sure. Cool. Yeah. No, Maker Camp was great. It was great connecting with you there and being able to get you on the show. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. Thanks for having if, me. What if WorkbenchCon had more bonfires? 
I can we do just that in the lobby? That happened in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the hotel's all right with it, or yeah. even if they're not, you know, even if they're we, not. There's that yeah. big pit in the middle of the lobby. I mean, that's a great spot for a bonfire. If you ask better me. to better to ask Dan. forgiveness than permission. Right, Dan. You bring I'm the saying. kerosene. I'll be. I'll bring the bag of old socks. That'd be perfect. <laughs> no, all right. It's <laughs> a right. deal. Uh, so, Andy, no. like, for anyone that's been living under a rock, like, who are you? What? What? What makes Andy Klein so special? And uh, what, oh gosh. why do we all love you? Tell us why we love you. Because why do you love me? Yeah. But but that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I put some some tool concepts out there that people liked. I think that's that is the most humble thing I've ever. That heard was in my super life. humble. He didn't even mention his hair. Look at his hair. Or, or the fact that well, Adam Jackman Savage was giving uses me a hard time about it. That's probably the coolest workbench I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, I invented some things Adam Savage liked, so <laughs> <laughs> so he let me gave me the uh, gave me the job to build him a bench. And as the kids say, that's Savage, bro. Savage. Oh God, <laughs> wow. man! Remember did how kids say you did that? with that intro? <laughs> Jeez, you yeah, remember when I said the show peaked? I wasn't lying. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, so you, seriously, you've made some really amazing stuff. I mean, you got, I mean, the twin, I mean, the twin turbo vice, despite not actually having an engine is amazing. Um, <laughs> or a I mean, turbo. Yeah. yeah I mean, for that wanna, matter. Uh, it's a big lie, but right, the whole aside thing is, from that, it's a sham. It's Other a sham. That, it's great. <laughs> so when people talk about the big lie, they're talking about the vice. <laughs> That's right. Oh. That's right. I mean, how did that, I'm sure you have to answer this question all the time, but like, how did that come about? What was the development process on that? I mean, kind of give the like, I mean, that, that's an amazing product. I mean, I want it in my shop. I've multiple times looked at my benches to see how I can fit it on there. And I've determined that I can't, I have to build a bench for it. And I'm totally yeah. fine with that. I just need the time now. Like I'm absolutely want to build. I was talking to you at maker camp about it. I got back to the house. I got back to the shop. I have three main benches and it won't work on any of them. I'm going to make a bench for it. Cause it's so like this, the twin turbo vice is amazing. Like talk about that thing. Okay, uh, so first off, I'd like to see these benches that you can't put one on. I'm, I'm pretty good at figuring out how to do it. but mm, I'll there. send you pictures for sure. Yeah, I, please I mean, do. So it, The price I mean, is like super reasonable on them too. Like they're just milk crates. They're super, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quarter inch ply resting on top of milk crates. Is that going to be an issue? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the history of it, I mean, it was the idea to make a, a bench vise, uh, a, a twin screw vise that I was happy with. That was something I was thinking about, oh, six, seven years back, maybe even more. I mean, from, from the point that I got really excited about woodworking, even before the, the YouTube channel, uh, building a really nice showpiece bench was was a top priority. Um, but I didn't like any of the twin sc- – I wanted a twin screw vise. But I didn't like any of the options that were out there because they were slow and for a number of reasons, I, I wasn't happy with them. So I was obsessed with with how to make a better one. And I went through a lot of very different concepts that uh, I made videos early on the channel about um, a number of different concepts, uh, two that I pursued and prototyped and even got quotes on for manufacturing before scrapping entirely and and going back to a, a gear-based vice um, that opened quickly because of the, the two speeds that it had. Um, so I, I don't know. I just obsessed about it, daydreamed when I was supposed to be working about mm-hmm. about benches and vices for a long, long Relatable. time. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, it was a slow process. And it, it was even once I, once I settled on doing the gear vice, it was a long development cycle trying to get it um, really to get it simple enough that it could have that reasonable price point. Um, that, that was the hardest part because it was shaping up to be just prohibitively expensive for a long time. How many iterations did you go through before you finally landed on something that you felt good about? So just keeping it to the gear vice, the first gear vice prototype that I built was like nine years ago before YouTube. It was all plywood. It was, was the internet even back then. Yeah, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I think it was all phone lines. Yeah, it was all phone lines and cassette tapes. And yeah. you got to check out this guy in Cincinnati. He's got a crazy vice. <laughs> um, but it didn't work at all. It it was a complete failure. It jammed up. I mean, the tolerances, my level of of um, precision, I was capable of at that point, just wasn't there. Uh, and that's why I scrapped it. And then the first thing I actually put more effort into was this cable system anyway but but just on the gear vice so there was that first one like almost a decade ago um then i went through other two other failed concepts came back to the gear uh the gear vice concept i built one on my own then there was a whole series of iterations trying to get it the, the one that I built was terrible, but it was close enough that I thought it could maybe work. And then I, I refined the design, uh, a whole set of tweaks and and revisions and quotes and manufacturers. I don't even know how many times the design changed between that point and the part, point where I did the Kickstarter. Um, and then after the Kickstarter was more successful than expected, I hired like a real engineering firm and said, okay, here's my starting point. There's some things that aren't perfect about this and they helped me work through, you know, so I actually had money to hire someone to bounce some ideas off of, you know, a designer that I is really smart and and could help out a little bit on, on working through a few sticking points on the design. Um, so that what I actually shipped people was better than what was in the, the Kickstarter video. It's awesome. Oh, neat. Well, that's always good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome that that went so well that you were able to do. And it's good to have, it's nice to be able to like get outside the sounding chamber of your own head and have someone else put yeah. eyes on things like that, especially when you, you want to deliver a project to. like that. Yeah, I it's think so good. everybody needs that. Yeah, yeah. And did you find as you were launching a Kickstarter, uh, people came out of the woodworks that were just very willing to help or offer Pun intended? Uh, <laughs> ah, woodwork. Yeah, I get it. The woodworks. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's on theme. But did you find that like people were so excited about the project that they were willing to like, you know, offer? either suggestions or just like, Hey, you work with this company, they might be able to help or something. Or did you find that you were doing a lot of the work yourself still? So, well, first off, um, the, so the answer is yes. But even before the Kickstarter, I'd say the community helped out enormously because I made 10 versions of the the prototype and, and sent it off to other people with, with big channels, bigger than mine to help get the word out. And it wouldn't have been anywhere near as successful if, if they hadn't have done that. So, um, even prior to the Kickstarter, the community really helped me out. And there's, there's people I definitely owe. Um, if, if you ever need, you know who you are. If, if you never need anything, uh, let me know. Um, and then once it started that, I mean, lots of suggestions, um, you got to kind of sift through them because, they're not. Right. They're they're all well intentioned, but they're not right. all going to be helpful. Are you trying to tell me they're not all great? <laughs> they're not all great. <laughs> yeah, you know, even if you're if you're a bright person, 
if you haven't thought about the, the project um, and then and, and thought about it a lot, you might suggest something that causes other problems. Like I might mention well, a problem, you give a solution, but you've also right. caused five other problems yep. because of interdependency. I, I still think my jelly gears are a good idea. You should really <laughs> rethink that. That's not a jelly gun. <laughs> That's a minions <laughs> reference. <laughs> And, and since so since device, you've had several uh, you could say inventions or prototypes or things that have kind of come to fruition. I mean, the most recent one being the I believe it's the the Pika um, hardware system, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is These just guys. Like, I remember finding like seeing that on TikTok, um, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" And I was like, "Oh, Sandy Klein, what is this?" And then you do the little flush trim, you know, flush hidden, whatever. Can you talk about that a little bit, how that even came to be? Yeah, so have you seen the uh, wire EDM videos where two pieces of metal kind of slide into mm, each yeah, other and yeah. the oh, scene disappears? It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. And I watched those videos go viral, and I just thought, if you could take that concept and build it into something useful, something that you could actually buy and, and do something with, uh, wouldn't that be cool? Because clearly it's grabbing people's attention and those videos are getting lots of views and, you know, we all reacted to it. So it, that was in, that's where it kind of was in the back of my head of if you could think of a thing where that concept belongs and add some value, then you'd really have something. And at, at some point, the idea of a screw came to me. And there, there are a few other things I liked about it. I, I liked that it's a product that is consumable if you're a furniture maker and you build a design around it. And right. um, so I like that if the vice customers are great, but you know, they'll buy, buy a couple of vices at the back. most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I like that. I think that's, that's just smart business. The thing I like about it most, and this is only just starting to begin <clears throat> is that it'll push me more towards building furniture because you know, I want to do things that show off the products, but there's only so many workbenches I can build for Adam Savage, right? Before people get sick of me <laughs> building vices. I've done too much of that on my channel. I think it's become too much of building twin turbo vices. But if the product is a novel screw that you can build into different interesting pieces of furniture, then what I'm compelled to do is to come up with cool pieces of furniture to build, right. which is show perfect. So. Yeah, yeah I'm, more use cases for it. Absolutely. So that hasn't happened yet, but I think it's just starting. I actually just got the first like um, large production volume of of Pico screws delivered uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So still early days, um, but that's that's how it came to be and why I thought it was the right thing to you know be be my next uh, next product. How do you see it being well, used in furniture? I mean, what um, what is your vision of? I mean. What, so, how do you see it? So the next thing that's going to, the, the, the first project that I'm going to do with it beyond the puzzle box that I made to kind of uh, launch it early on mm -hmm. is for a floating shelf. So there's a, there's a nut that goes along with the screw and, and extensions for the screw. Uh, so you can mount the nut to the, the stud, a wall stud and then the have the, right, right. And then have the Pika screw be the front of, of the mm -hmm. shelf. So that's, that's one of many, many use cases. I'm also thinking of like a three-legged uh, end table where the legs kind of made up in, in some kind of way and, and there's a screw that attaches. So three legs, three, three screws that kind of come together. <clears throat> that design is not fully flushed out, but um, 
I, I think there there could be something there. You could put them on the top of a table. You'd have to have the right kind of a table to do that. Um, you know, if it's a gorgeous live edge slab, I don't know if you'd want that interrupted with metal on the top, but, uh, for some projects, I think it could make sense. That's awesome. I, I am <coughs> interested to see how you utilize it in furniture as a yeah. furniture maker. And I'm really interested to see like how I can utilize it in this furniture too. I, I just, I'm really interested to see how that works. I'm, what, what Dan, did I take your thing? Yes. No, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, if you need somebody to help. No, no, I wasn't saying that. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to get free stuff. I actually I know a guy in Omaha. I get, I get customers, like a lot of my customers want unique stuff yeah. in, yeah. in, in their pieces. Like they're all, all the custom, not the production stuff, but the one-off commissions, they all, they all want things to be unique. They want new mm-hmm. ideas. They want fancy stuff. It's a lot of businesses. So that stuff's always, um, exciting to me so 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 i this is this is a good this is the right kind of audience to ask this question the other thing i was thinking is that it could kind of open the door to high-end flat pack furniture because there's a novelty in putting it together yeah you know because you That's use, a really good idea. use the screw so i'm i'm curious if people will be able to work that concept in and have some efficiencies there um so if you yeah if you want to try them out or have some ideas absolutely we could we could figure that out yeah, I need I need to like see like I need to put together. I just want to see it. I just like supporting people in the community. So I wasn't sure. trying to push anything like that. I mean, I, but really, that I really they look. It's a really cool. It's a really cool concept, and I really like how you're utilizing something that's viral and turning it into a usable, sellable product. I think that's really smart. I mean, obviously, I really now like people the floating know shelf idea too, because like with the with the extensions, you really can just. And a note to the listeners: hardware. if you don't know what we're talking about, go to Andy's any one of his pages and. Yep. Go see what we're talking about. It's amazing. Yeah, for in dash sure. It's all going to be in the show notes. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, and then I guess like, well, you, I was going to ask you about the Kickstarter thing, but that's actually one of the questions we have <laughs> yeah. in the questions. So uh, I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> um, uh, let's jump straight into this. What's on my bench? I want to hear what dan has going on this week on his bench yeah me first yeah dan oh guys you guys are you all sitting i'm standing but go on etsy oh okay Uh (laughs) i've been doing a lot of etsy orders fellas i don't know if you know that about me i sell stuff (laughs) over on etsy it's crazy right now although in more uh shocking news how long have I been working on that big white oak door? Do you guys remember when I first started Nine talking years. about that? You started midway through the walnut desk. <laughs> Tomorrow is delivery day. Oh it is done. Uh, Finally. It's but, done. But what are you going to do without done. an extra workbench in the shop? I'm going to have to make another workbench with a twin turbo vice, I think. All right. <laughs> I have all that space in the middle now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited that I, I finally get to deliver that thing. That thing has been nothing but a headache and a nightmare. You know, I thought when I started that, you know, door, how hard could that be? <laughs> uh, here we are, almost $3,000 later. Dang. Mistakes were made. I made, door. so to back up, Andy probably hasn't heard the stories. I initially got this door order from a client. It's going on a brand new house. Uh, this main entry door is overall nine feet tall by 42 <laughs> inches wide. Uh, the transom on the top is 12 inches tall, which makes the door itself eight, eight feet tall. 
And they specifically wanted it out of quarter sawn white oak. And it specifically had to be two inches thick. Two inches thick. Yes. So when I initially made it months and months ago, um, when I took it to get flattened, it got way too thin. And I didn't realize it. Uh, So I thought it would be a good idea to reskin it with more four quarter, quarter sawn white oak. And doing that, it made it cut because of all the glue surface area that was on it. It cupped over time. I had it sitting under blankets. It was like another workbench, like Pete said. And uh, so I, you know, I scratched my puzzler. I tried to figure out how I was going to fix it. And then ultimately, I just decided to rip it up and reuse that wood and start from scratch. Uh, so that's where we are. Rough. Yeah. And I think it's literally been over a year since I started that project. Oh, dang. It really has. And it's not all my fault. Okay. Let's back still yeah, the customer delays. They were still delay. building the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They ordered that door like way early on before there was even a, a foundation in this place. So, uh, and as soon as like they started framing the house, they were on me about getting the door built and stuff. And I was like. It really doesn't need to be built yet. You know, it's not going to take that long. Mm. I'm actually kind of glad that I started it early because I made the mistakes and then I realized what not to do. And mm. it's all been a great learning experience, although doors, an expensive one. Doors are expensive, man. There's a reason there's custom doors are so Crazy. Expensive. Luckily, I did charge them enough that I'm not taking a, 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 a terrible hit. I'm not going to lose <laughs> any money on the on the project. I'm just not going to make as much as I would have liked. But you got all this white oak now to use. I got a ton of quarter sawn white oak. <laughs> to, to use. Um, so you stocked up. There you go. I, I really do. So if you need some uh, quarter sawn white oak, uh, if you need some end cutting boards, ties, or yes, end grain cutting boards. Yes, Pete, that's a thing we can do with quarter sawn. Uh, yes, oak. we can. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, standard issue Dan story bow ties inserts Etsy. I did uh, do a couple of those slide tables that I that I do those uh, finger jointed tables that they're just C tables that go on a sectional or whatever. I shipped out a couple of those guys. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you order the right size of box, it'll mm-hmm. cut down on shipping a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was <laughs> I was taking those tables straight to U U S the UPS store. UPS store. Having them package it up and oh, everything for me. Whoa. Dude, that is expensive. So do you broke even basically, right? No, I was I was still doing okay, but the shipping alone was costing me like two hundred bucks. Oh. So like I don't know what it is. The people on the East Coast seem to love those tables. $200. Because every one that I've ever Yeah, because they were packaging it oh my and gosh. all the shipping and everything. So yeah, when Mike, when you sent that link to the Uline deal a couple weeks ago, I bought some special size box, some like twenty four by twenty four by fifteen inch boxes. I shipped one today and it was only eighty five bucks. That's cheaper than two hundred based on my math. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> shockingly. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's still a lot though. Dang. If you're shipping That's a bigger a item, lot. if you're doing it, if yeah. you're doing it quite a bit. <clears throat> Do your own boxing. Where Buy you, some boxes. Are you shipping through Pirate Ship or ship? I just take it straight to the UPS. Oh store. man, no wonder. Oh, yeah, yeah no you're paying retail. Yeah. You can get that. Right <laughs> what? Now. Yeah, yeah. Like forty because eighty-five. That's minimum. That's I mean, super high. 
Pirate Ship is probably yeah. 35 to 50 percent off the price of the going check to the store. Pirate Ship, and honestly, check even uh, Ship Nerd too. No, Pirate Ship's been smoking Ship Nerd for everything we're shipping. Oh, they have been right now. now. Okay, yeah, everything. Because for a while, Ship Nerd was giving me better prices for anything over like anything over six pounds. They pounds. were, but it's yeah. I don't know what happened when when Pirate really? Ship went after huh. the UPS stuff. The prices have just I cannot. It's not even awesome. close. Well, that's good. I to mean, know. or or so what I did is is just you can reach out to UPS directly, get an account, an account manager, and just print your I own labels. Yeah, that's what I do. I I don't mess with any of the the third parties. Third parties. Yep. Um. And yeah, the price will be half to a third. Yeah. I, uh, twin turbo vice shipping. Uh, a 24 inch twin turbo vice is 42 pounds, 30 inch by 12 by 12. And I can get that to the opposite coast, either coast for 35 bucks. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. I'm getting it's, robbed. Yeah. You're getting robbed. Yeah. You're, 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 you're oh we've been telling, we've been talking about this on the podcast for three years, Dan. Yeah. I can't believe we're having to pack it. Wait a minute. I can't believe we've been doing this for three years. What? <laughs> I must have blacked out. Anyway, speaking of blacking out, Mike, uh, what's up? Uh, okay. It's real busy right now. Uh, yeah. we, we just got um, uh, the second... The second month of orders from Room and Board for the shelves, we have a 110 shelves. They're all packed up for Room and Board. They, uh, the freight truck was supposed to be actually was dealing with that just before we got in the show here. FedEx was supposed to be here with their freight truck to pick up three pallets of shelves, and they were supposed to be here before five o'clock. I called at 4:45. Where's my truck? They said the driver's truck was full, so they're not coming till tomorrow, which is not what I need right now. I need those out of here. So I got three pallets of. Uh, of products sitting in the uh, the CNC building right now, just oh. waiting to get out of the way. Um, we're working on finishing up these 55 custom boxes for these Monopoly Paradiseopoly things. Uh, we're hope- we were supposed to- we were hoping to have them. Do- well, I was hoping to have them done today, uh, but they're not done today. So I had to tell the customer they're not going to be ready till Friday. So we're going to wrap those up tomorrow, um, and then we've got um, five four exterior carriage doors that Sean and I are going to finish up. Uh, I'm not working Friday. The guys are going to be working, but um, Sean is going to work on that Friday, and him and I will finish it up Sunday. Those are getting installed Tuesday. Monday, we have to go deliver five a bar, a nine, a ten foot bar, and five custom desks to a, an office in the Bay Area. Um, those are all done. Um, I just can't get away to the Bay Area. The trip down there, it's like it's two and a half hours one way, so it's like a full day of Sean and I delivering. <laughs> So uh, we're doing that Monday, and then all next week we're working on the twenty coffee tables for room and board. So we should be able to. We got a lot of the prep work mostly done. So those those are all going to ship. I'm waiting for them to approve me shipping out in crates instead of boxes. Which if we can do it in crates, it's going to be way better. So, um, so those twenty coffee tables I want to ship out by next Friday. Um, so we're doing that, and then Christmas is. We're not doing the. Sh- it's Wednesday today. Normally record the show on thursday andy was nice enough to move his schedule over after we had scheduled for thursday but i've got christmas with my family tomorrow night and friday and then christmas with my wife's family uh you know for christmas so uh the next few weeks are really stressful but um there's just a lot of stuff going on right now trying to get like christmas gifts done and stuff for people in the shop which i have no time for i don't know why i agreed to any of that speaking of christmas and a programming note if you're listening to this we're going to take off christmas Week, week yeah next week of the podcast yeah we won't be here yeah. next week so um so, yeah, so i have a really question about the i have a question about the room and board you're actually a manufacturer of their furniture mm-hmm. that's really cool yeah we do i i've been i i 
got contracts with them a few months back, but I've been working on it for about a year now. Uh, okay. We do we do two programs with them right now, or I do two programs with them right now: a shelf program and a coffee table program. Okay. Um, and and we're working on. I I don't have the space right now, but they there's two other programs they want me to um, bid. Basically, they're they're trying to find more West Coast fabricators, and mm. um, these two programs are programs I absolutely want to be a part of, but I don't have the operational capacity right now. So I'm in the process of. Working with the small business, the SBA has approved me for a massive loan for this new building on my property. So I'm trying to put this massive building on my property to move my operation in there because right now I'm in two buildings that are just not big enough for what we need. So um, I've got another CNC coming next month and it's already tight. I just built a building and I've got another CNC coming next month and uh, it's already tight quarters. Like I just brought my third employee on, uh, not last week, but the week before. Well, no, I guess it was last week. Yeah, he started last week. And um, we're just like rubbing shoulders all day long already. Like there's just not enough space. And mm-hmm. they want me to take on these other two projects. And honestly, uh, just one of them, one of them is a bigger one out of the two. But the larger of the two would require probably two more employees, honestly, and probably a third CNC. So um, I need to get this figured out because we're not like in a rush. It's going to take wow. a long while to like negotiate this job. Like they typically are very slow to negotiate with. They're just a big corporation. So negotiations take a while. Like I said, the coffee table job I've been negotiating since <laughs> July of 2021. Uh, wow. So it's just like a slow thing, you know? So uh, I'm in the middle of trying to <laughs> get... Get, you know, stay on top of all the deadlines we have and then still got a bunch of com- custom commission work and then employee. It's just it's just like a lot of growing pains and it's a lot to like manage. So I'm exhausted this week. <laughs> I think we're all kind of tired, but I'm just like this week is like really hitting me hard. I'm like really tired. So I need like a I need a break, man. <laughs> I need and then I I took on like a um, I, I started a partnership with a, a guy. Um, he's a cinematographer. I've talked about it on the show. Peter, he's uh, he's a furniture maker also, but he's been. Uh, he's been in the TV and and movie world for 20 years as a as a uh, uh, video guy and uh, behind the camera and behind the, the the computer editing. So we just released our first video on the channel yesterday, and um, it's the best out of the gate video I've ever had. I'm really excited about it. And honestly, like we've already got four or five videos uploaded or something like that. And we're recording a couple more on Sunday, but um, this is honestly the worst of the videos that are uploaded right now. <laughs> like the videos are really good. Like I'm really excited about them. Like the video that just went up is the, what's up? So you already have all those videos uploaded. They're up, they're, they're done. All you have to do is hit the publish mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. Your done. willpower is so wow. much better than mine. I would have <laughs> hit publish on I, all of them. I need a schedule. I want this. I want to like disperse them out. I'm, so I did some research and I talked to some of the, I'm in a couple different YouTube groups and everyone was like Tuesday evening. I and I was like, uh, Okay, so I tried that. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good night to re- to release YouTube videos right now. Seems to be Tuesday evening, so I did that yesterday at three, so I could hit the six p.m. East Coast crowd. Um, and yeah, five thousand views in a day for me is with a ten thousand sub channel is pretty great. And I've I've my just from this video alone since yesterday, I've seen five hundred new subs. So it's all getting served up to the uh, to the. Uh, you know what youtube's version of explore what's called browse the browse area Mm -hmm. so um anyway that's just you know trying to balance business and then content and i'm really excited about youtube right now it's just it's just a lot of stuff so i'm just tired i just need a break really bad (laughs) so we're not gonna do the podcast we're all ready for january (laughs) exactly uh anyway andy what you got going on man 
Well, like you, I'm feeling pretty burnt out. I think we're all trying to bring as much of the energy as we can to the podcast, but I need a definite break. Um, the whole holiday sales uh, on the inclined products, devices, and and everything was really strong. And a lot of the the last two products that I added, the vice accessories, not the Pika screw, but but uh, the vice accessories are things that I'm making on the CNC. And I sold a whole lot of them. So I've just been packing orders and, and making stuff and the shop's a total disaster. Um, so yeah, just a, just a lot going on. We, we just finished up a home construction project that was supposed to include soundproofing for the shop, but the quotes came in just bonkers. None of the drywallers wanted to touch it because mm. I, I want this real specific high end soundproofing, mm. which is kind of a, it's it's not something they're really familiar with, and they got to work in this in a different kind of way. And then there's machines everywhere, so we were just getting ridiculous bids, more than um, could be justified. So I'm I'm trying to do that myself while catching up on all these orders. It's just been it's just been kind of mayhem. So I'm trying to get as much of it done so that I can not be worried about it over the holiday right now. Yeah. Quick question: Is it just you in your shop, Andy? Just me in my shop. How big yep. is your shop? It's uh fourteen hundred square feet. Uh, two hundred of two hundred of that is going to be a bathroom. Nice. Very important. Very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, because I, I anytime I see your packing area, it always seems so like it's like bigger than. Oh, the the packing area uh, is two. Uh, 20 by 10 storage units kind of with a big open area in the middle. Ah. So the, so oh. there's, there's a, luckily this, um, storage place opened like two blocks from my house. It couldn't have been oh. more convenient. It's, it's oh, just so it's not even in your shop. No, it's not in my shop. It's, it's, um, it, it's a few blocks away from, from the house. Um, so that's, if you've seen me packing stuff, that's, you're, you're looking at part of a, a storage. Ah. Okay. A storage well, I was trying to figure area, out so. where that was in your shop. Right, right. No, that is not in the shop. Dang, so I bought, nice. yeah, I bought two of those. I, I wouldn't have had the red if you saw the shop. <laughs> There's just no way I have room for I mean, all the a, warehousing of stuff. That sounds like a great situation to have that opened up that close to your house. It, I don't know. Shop. Honestly, I don't know how I would have done any of this if if it hadn't. Like, it's just. <laughs> I get like better luck than good. It did. It oh, seriously did. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> what well, about you, Petey? Oh, sorry. Go on. Because uh, Andy said you bought the units. But uh, rent. No, no, no. I rented. Oh, you rent- sorry. Okay. Rented. I was curious. The only reason I'm asking is because uh, Jackman actually ended up recently buying a warehouse space. Oh, really? It was smarter for him to do it with uh, his buddy Cam. Mac? Cam. One of those. Uh, it's one, it's the other one backwards. Cam Mac. <laughs> so, Cam and Mac. Cam and Mac. <laughs> Uh, so they just ended up buy- buying a space because it was better for them than to try to rent it. So that's why I was curious. Um, awesome. So uh, what? Jesus, last week. What do you got going on? A, a blur. Uh, like Dan, I got a lot of Etsy orders. Uh, the holiday rush is starting again. There's like a little dip post. Uh, oh yeah. Black Friday, and then I don't know what the heck right happened today. Up. It just like went off today. I yeah, have I've no been idea. A lot more digital sales. So I got to get those up. <laughs> Last week was just all hands on deck prep for the uh, the holiday craft fair that we did here, and it went well, really well. That's um, good to hear. Yeah, no, it was. I was blown away. I mean, <clears throat> good like seventy five percent of my sales was just ornaments and holiday decor that was all cut in a laser. Uh, some of it assembly, some of it is just you know stuff that was cut. 
Um, Emma helped out a lot, but we, we, we sold so much on Saturday that Saturday night we were laser cutting more ornaments, uh, until I ran out of material and time. So <laughs> basically that, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, now I have some leftover stuff from that, uh, that weekend, but I mean, not, to, this isn't like to brag, but like I had a $1,300 weekend. Brag it up, Bubba. Like that's, that's not bad for a craft fair. So this place not uh, bad at all. by us. It was my most of it was the first day. It was literally snowing all of the second day, and we still made like four hundred bucks. So I'm not gonna complain. But the first day was really good, uh, and it's crazy how quickly those ornaments will add up if you're selling them. And even you know selling them and like hey, so buy three and get one for free or whatever. It was still selling a ton of them. So let me um, ask you this about the craft fair before you go yeah. on. Did you give out a lot of business cards? You make a lot of I, good connections. I made a lot of good connections. It's you know it's right here in town, but like five minutes from my house where I buy all my groceries and stuff. So made some good connections, met a lot of good people, uh, met some other woodworkers in the area, uh, found another wood supplier. Um, Keith <laughs> Keith Johnson came out with his wife, so we we hung out for a little bit. It was uh, it was really nice, and and definitely a lot of good connections. I met my deputy mayor, which I don't know what the difference is between my deputy mayor and a mayor, but it's yeah. not a full mayor. They're... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. It's like a well, she was pretty short. But so no, it was really good. It was made some good connections. Honestly, what's really funny is as as ecstatic and, and excited as everyone was about the products, I got more reactions out of my my business cards because they're cut out of melamine with like the smooth back. So people would try to like pick up one and they're like playing with them like, no, they're they're that thick. And they like pick them up and like, oh, and then just walk away. Like, wow. All right. Well, I'm glad you're excited about that. Hopefully the products too. <laughs> So anyways, that was a great, uh, great fair. It was pretty cold out, um, but, you know, we, we made it work. We had some heaters there, uh, and Emma sold a bunch, too. We got to hang out the whole weekend, so that was a blast. Uh, I'm still in production mode. I was I was ex- excited to take this week off and start, you know, kind of relaxing. Nope, I'm catching up on orders because there's a bunch of people that ordered from me either via Instagram, Etsy, or just uh, neighbors and stuff that they want personalized uh, ornaments. So I got to get all that knocked out before tomorrow because Friday we're leaving for the weekend. Um, aside from that, this week I still need to wrap up uh, these island supports. So buddy of mine, he finished, uh, uh, refinishes homes and does like flips and stuff. So they put a bunch of cabinets in, they put an island top on it, but it's overhanging. So I need to build these supports on the side for them so that they can actually uh, make it like a seating area. So I got to get those knocked out tomorrow. And I don't know if I had mentioned this because uh, you guys were talking about, Dan was talking about the website earlier. Uh, I launched my website finally. Just, you know, press play on it. And there's a bunch of stuff I'm still working on the back end, but I don't know why I was holding out on the whole website because like the blog side and some of the store stuff wasn't set up yet. So that's launched and I'm just going to keep adding stuff to it. So I finally have like a landing page, which is pretty exciting. Um, and eventually I want to start moving some products over there. So I have Etsy and that, uh, try to, you know, double dip. So that's, that's my week. It's been kind of crazy with work. I thank you to Mike for reminding me that today is uh, podcast day because oh, my yeah. brain was not ready for it. So <laughs> Appreciate that. When, and when he sent that text today, I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Yes, yes, it is. You're right." <laughs> like, oh god, I got, I got to prep. So uh, that's that. But let's get into some questions. I'm, yeah, uh, for I'm sure. Excited to. I am not excited, but we're going to do our anyway. guest again. No, let's go. Uh, this first question is from Daniel Taylor. I spelled that weird. All right, what's up, guys? This is Daniel Taylor, custom crafted. I'm going to try and keep this short. Some people want me to go fast. Some people want me to go slow. I wish there was a happy medium. Anyways, 
who would you like to collaborate with on a project in the community? And by community, I don't mean Instagram. I don't mean YouTube. You don't even have to make a YouTube video about it. Who would you like to collaborate with on a project? Talk to y'all next week. Pete, I want to hear yours first. So, for Did me, I just mess you up? Sorry. No, no. I Because I was kind of... It's hard for me to choose one person, but... I think what I would be the most excited about, because uh, I've learned that through all my years of like woodworking and that I've learned that my passion's really in just making of all kinds. Like it's not just woodworking necessarily. I love electronics. I love 3D printing. I love thinking outside the box and finding a solution. And, you know, people like, you know, we mentioned Adam Savage earlier, like Adam Savage, Simone, uh, Simone Gertz or Yetch, if you say it properly, uh, Laura Kumpf, like people that, that really work in multiple mediums like Jimmy, uh, Jimmy DeResta, people that just think outside the box and they don't think of just one medium of wood or this or that. Um, I would love to work with one of them on a project and it doesn't have to be any content or anything like that. I just want to get inside their head and see their process for, for going from start to finish on a project and how they're uh, able to tackle stuff. Like Adam was a big uh, inspiration for me for years because I would seem like, oh, I wonder how I do this and go run over to a bin that just says like wheels and he goes through it and finds the perfect wheel to do the thing to add it to a pulley or something. And like he would just like think outside the box and find a way to repurpose stuff that most of us consider trash. But, you know, because he's able to store it in his warehouse, he's able to incorporate it into his projects. And if it's not the perfect size, he'll find a way to fit it. And just watching him do his like one day builds and figure out all the problems uh, is really so cool to see because he does in a day what a lot of us do in months, you know, build, trying to build or design a project. So that like that'd be my choice. It'd be like Adam, Simone, Laura, Jimmy, um, and I know those are like top shelf people, but like that's just they've all inspired me so much. Uh, Andy, I'd love to hear uh, your answer. So my answer, as as you might guess from my excitement around the the recent launch of the Pika Screw, is anyone who has an interesting idea for the Pika Screw is really going to take full advantage of it. Um, and, but because that's kind of a, com, a cop out, I do have one specific person, and that person is Seth Rowland. If you haven't heard of Seth, I'm going to put the website in the chat, and I'm assuming you can put that in the show notes. Yes, I um, can. I, I used to live in Minnesota and I was a member of a Minnesota Woodworkers Guild and Seth came in to talk to us about design and it was absolutely phenomenal. He, he has such a good mind for furniture design. You know, he, he doesn't make content. So I, I would still say he's in the community because he participates in those things like talks at Woodworkers Guilds. Yeah. Um, but he's made a life out of My making goodness. interesting pieces of furniture and figuring out how to sell them. And, and he just really had incredible thoughts on design. So if he could get excited about the Pika screw and if we could kick around some ideas and put together a, a few pieces of furniture, I know they would be absolutely incredible. And I would come out knowing so much more about furniture design um, because a lot of what I know is from that two hours I spent listening to him. I mean, I think about the comments he made um, whenever I'm, I'm trying to design, design something visually appealing. Um, so my answer is, is, uh, definitely Seth, uh, with an asterisk that anyone who comes to me with a good idea for the, for the Pika screws, I'll be excited to work with. 
and I highly recommend you guys check out Seth Roland. Roland with yeah. two L's. Um, yeah. Very just gorgeous studio furniture. Holy moly. Yeah. It's breathtaking. Yeah, this guy's yeah, got a... Uh, I don't use that term it. lightly. Holy moly. <laughs> he's, he, yes, I'm also out of breath, Dan. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, Mike, what about you? Who would you like to collab with? Oh, man. This you can really, say aside me. Aside That's from fine. the three of us. This I is a really that. tough one. I'm actually literally going to go through. Because, like, somewhere along the lines, when I first got into woodworking, like, five years ago or whatever, I was I would... All my knowledge came from YouTube and following people like Andy and, and these different people that we're all familiar with. So, And then now I've gotten to this point where I don't – unfortunately, I don't consume much of other people's work because my time is so absorbed with my own work and trying to get all my work done and coming up with my own designs. So most of the people that I want to collaborate with are people that are people I consider friends and people that I just want to do a project with um, more than anything. So I'm kind of just going to go down my list here of DMs. And actually, Amanda Russell is definitely one. Jeff with Two Moose is one, just because he's a friend of mine. Uh, Lucas over at uh, Lighthouse Boston. I'd really like to do a project with him. Uh, there's a guy named Russell Kieselbach. Russell is someone I'd really like to do a project with, just because I think he's... Uh, he gets lo he low key does not get enough credit in the woodworking world, and he's a very very good uh, furniture maker. Um, uh, Chris from Cowdog Craftworks, just because I know we bust each other's balls the whole time and have a good time, and I think that we have completely different styles of woodworking, and I think it'd be very fun to do a project with Chris because we do completely different styles of woodworking. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, just like quickly going down my list here, that's kind of off the top of my head here. I mean, there's, there's so many, so I think the first real collaborative event I ever did with other people outside of my shop was at the Austin event when we were in Austin for the Rubio event, the three of us were together. That was fun. And that working collaboratively with, collaboratively mm -hmm. with others to build a piece had never come to mind simply because I'd never had the opportunity to do it. Not because I was opposed to it and I just hadn't thought about doing it. But that event made me realize, man, I'd really like to do this with people. So, um, yeah, that's my answer for now. There's a lot more though. There's a lot more people that I'd like to do a lot of, of projects with for sure. Uh, Dan, what about you, man? I'm going to kind of keep my answer real simple and, I, I also consume a lot of uh, content because I, I also enjoy it. But there's somebody that I don't think is in the quote-unquote community, but I, I consume a lot of his YouTube videos whenever they're dropped. Is that Ishitani? The, oh, God, Ishitani you, you ever, amazing. Yeah, it, it, there's no talking love, that's in what, his that's videos. What my, that's, what the next video, that's what the next video is based on. My next really? YouTube video, there's, it's documentary style. That's I love – oh, yeah, there's no talking. We don't – that's we, it's yeah. documentary style. Ishitani's amazing. Did you see him do the the stool out of the piece of furniture, or out of the uh, yeah. out of the piece of firewood? That's a, yeah. that made, I that watch every amazing. one of his videos. It's it's, they're they're so like they're just amazing, and I I just think it would be great to be a part of that. I I don't necessarily yeah, want to collab with him. I just want to work with him in his shop and just take it in. I take I think on. it would be great. Uh, another guy that I would love to do a project with, or at least work in his shop, is uh. 
Andy Rawls. You guys ever follow Andy Rawls? He makes no. amazing furniture too. I think he's in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy I've been a, I've been a long time follower follower uh, of his YouTube channel for <clears throat> several years now. What's Me. the uh, what's is it R A W R A W L S Andy Rawls? I don't know if he's got IG or not. I just follow him on YouTube. Andy Rawls Woodworking. Here it is. Yeah. AndyRawls.com. That's it. That's my that's my awesome. quick and simple. That, that's a great oh, that's a great question. Shot. I really like that. I feel like I'm not properly answering the question. I just want to caveat mine with saying there's a lot of people I want to do co- collaborations yeah. with. I'm just quickly going down my list here. But yeah, I don't I mean, like anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> um this next one is from Jordan Dubba. Hopefully I'm saying it right. I think it's Dubba, but I know Jordan Duba. He's like knuckle. He, he Duba, he, you're right. Corrected us. He corrected us in the uh YouTube chat. Oh, did he? Okay, sorry, Jordan. Jordan Duba. Here we go. Hey, AWP guys. It's me, Jordan, at Knuckle Nobility on the big IG, YT, FB, all that jazz. That's right, I said it. My first question for you fine gentlemen. What was a build you had where you got started, sat back, and suddenly said to yourself, oof, I don't know about this one. Mine was way back when I was maybe two or three months into woodworking. Uh, my wife wanted a table behind our sectional that did that L elbow in the corner of the wall. You know, the triangular space. It's super awkward. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll put a flip top on it. I'll make it enclosed. We can put blankets and pillows. And then I got through with the frame and realized I don't really know about joinery. Heck, I wasn't even using wood glue, I don't think. Yeah. So... Hopefully this question elicits some strong feelings, perhaps a bit of self-reflection, looking at you, Jordan. Uh, I also wanted to say thank you so much for all your info, your banter, misguidance, and legal advice. It's all brought my life to shambles. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Anyway, thank you guys so much. Uh, Love the podcast, and as always, love you long time. Bye. Dan, how say you? Uh, all of them. Every, <laughs> every of the projects. Every of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever done a project where I don't at least step back in the middle of one and go, oh, God, what is this? What am I doing? Why am I even doing this? I should Uh-oh. take up golf or something. Um, You know, and sometimes I'm right. You know, sometimes I got to cut them down and reuse the wood unfortunately but yeah you know you're typically you are your own worst critic so if you're not criticizing your own work i think there's something wrong with you what do you what do you say andy you agree disagree yeah i i always have that feeling early on in a project of I'm wasting my time and I should be doing something else. It's a, there's so many things that, that, um, I feel like I should be doing that any one that I pick always feels like the wrong one. So I, I know that feeling. I, I really, I, I definitely know that feeling. Um, the one in particular that I never came back to, I, my wife wanted end tables and, um, I was, I was launching a taper sled, um, with Mark Spagnolo. So I, I, came up with a design that kind of took full advantage of it, but it was really more about showing off the, it, it ended up being more about showing off the, the taper sled than the furniture. 
Uh, and then I kind of did just the minimum to get that, that sled video out. And the project just kind of sat there and my wife's interest moved a different direction. So I never finished it. And it just ended up really being a, a waste of time. I, I would love to actually have had a follow-up video where I finished the piece of furniture. That's what I was <laughs> intending to do. But it, it just – so there's this video on my channel of like a partial – starting build of this piece of furniture that I never finish and all I do is talk about the sled. So the follow up video should you should be you going to <laughs> just IKEA. Throwing it all away and going to IKEA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, so it definitely happens. I mean you're gonna have those. But but I always get that feeling. I, I definitely can relate uh to that that feeling of what am I doing? I'm wasting this is I made a wrong choice here. Mike? Uh, that, that happens for sure. Um, you know, it's all commissions over here for the most part. I rarely get to make stuff for myself, but like, it's like, um, yeah, I'll, I always just kind of say yes to all the jobs that people ask me if I can do them. Cause I want to learn as many things as I can. So I'll get like into them. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> cool. Like uh, we're doing these, we're literally doing these carriage doors right now. And I'd never done doors before these doors. And I've had them in my shop for months. Um, but now we're getting to like the, honestly, building them was super fun. Like I really enjoy building doors. I really enjoy it. I've done more since I've done these, but, um, we're getting to the end of it now. And it's like, uh, (laughs) we got to get custom thresholds and the custom thresholds are crazy expensive and we got to make an astragal for each of them, you know, which is not a big deal, but it's just like something you just don't think about. And we got to get the shoes, you know, the 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 skirts on the bottom and stuff. We got to get all those. We got to get the weather stripping. All these different things. You start to realize uh, there's a lot of cost other than just the wood. It's not like building the table. There's just all this extra auxiliary hardware you need yeah. to get this thing mm. properly built in. So, um, but when all you take I it know. on, you're like, oh, it's just a big tabletop. It's a tab- it should be easy. It's a vertical table. It's all good. No, so with you're yeah. thirty accessories attached. Yeah. To it. Yeah, with with eighteen hundred dollars in extra hardware, but yeah, you get like you get deep into it, and you're like, oh, why did I do this? But I'm I don't regret it, but I'm always like, oh man, this I'm in over my head. But then you you know you just regroup, relook at it, and go, okay, I mean, just get it figured out and get it done. Now then it's it's what is that Jimmy says? The first time you do it, you go to school or whatever. Uh, you know, the first time you do anything, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to school the first time. So the second time, you know how to do it. So that's kind of how it goes. Sometimes you just gotta kind of take one on the chin and move forward but like i mean that's you know any project that's one i haven't done before i feel that way for sure pete uh for me it's it's two things really uh the last time i built a table for a friend with pine that was stained (laughs) i specifically remember going like Mm. This is absolutely idiotic. I am not getting paid enough. I think the tape, I think I was charging like, I don't even know what it was, but it was under $500 easily. I think it was probably maybe three or 400 bucks. I know. And I like thinking back now, like you idiot, but you were, I was starting out. But I remember like, like doing one of those and just being like, even with like pre-stain and prepping the wood and everything and sanding it, it just looks not good. Uh, And I'm not proud of this work. And I hate that I was constrained by money and I felt like I needed to save the customer, a, my, i.e. my friend money. Um, and that's like one of the last times I built a table. Um, not the last time, but like last time I built a uh, soft wood <laughs> table. So uh, there was that. And then the other time was when I was making my workbench. Now, this is when I was first setting up my shop. 
still kind of, you know, broke and getting stuff laid out and uh, building out of literally like two by fours. And I was repurposing an old top and then I ended up putting a, like another top on that because my new table saw was a little taller. So I literally underneath my what is basically it's an old cafeteria table because it's uh laminate or from mica or whatever from a local school in Clifton that they were throwing out. That's on top of my old workbench, which is particle board, which used to be my miter station slash workbench. And then that's on top of this like really heavy, sturdy base. So the to this table, I use this workbench. It is my outfit table. It It's super solid and heavy and it's got the grooves cut for my, my sled for my table saw. So like it works. I hate it with a passion. And you know, I'm not saying this because because like Andy's on here, but like I've been talking about wanting to build like a really nice workbench with a really nice vice, and I've I've been eyeballing that twin turbo vice too. But like I just I just need to like pull the trigger and do it because it is my outfit and I use it so often. I just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I hate looking at this table. <laughs> when I you were describing that, like nice I was picturing you know like have you seen the videos of people trying to redo their kitchen floor in like oh, a yeah, hundred year old house by and layer they're, by layer. they're <laughs> pulling up layers and layers. <laughs> little, yeah. I see somebody doing that to your bench in the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who puts whatever. asbestos on a workbench? <laughs> the, the glue doesn't stick to it at all. So those are two projects that I was like, what the hell am I doing? Uh, but yeah, that one of those projects is still in my life, unfortunately. So, good question, though. Good question. That's a good question. Uh, that's everyone, next... right? Everyone went? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, everyone. Yeah. The, ne- the next yeah. question is from uh, Toma. It's me. Hey, guys. I almost didn't make it. I completely forgot it was podcast day. I'm going, I'm going to be honest, Andrew. I hadn't found a question to ask you until I saw that you made a Kickstarter campaign. Can you explain to us the process of making the campaign? What were the pitfalls? And would you start another one if you could? Also, have you tried adding a third speed to the vice? Like a really fast one or even better one with an outrageous torque output? Have you tried to crush a coconut? Thank you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you hear that? The French think your vice is too slow. <laughs> too slow. And not enough torque at the same time. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Does it even hold hardwoods? <laughs> That's a really good question though. I was, you know, almost went into it on accident. I forgot, but like the, the Kickstarter <clears throat> campaign, can you like go into yeah. how that whole process happens? Yeah. Um, and, and my Kickstarter was a little unusual. Um, if, if you are bringing out a, say, board game and you're going to do Kickstarter, there's a, a huge audience on Kickstarter that subscribes or, or follows that kind of a product and will support you. There's a lot of discovery through the Kickstart platform. Uh, oh, for interesting, yeah, for it's, like a, its own social media in a way. It like, absolutely people, is. People just well, well with an asterisk. Cool things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for in certain categories, it, like a music launch or a board game or like a new uh, Dungeons and Dragons system, things like that. There, there are uh, organic reach through the the platform. For a specialty woodworking tool, that's really not the case. Um, so, and, and I knew that up front. I still wanted to do a Kickstarter because it, it give, it lends some credibility. 
I think that's what I was thinking at the time. Um, but I knew that I'd need to drive the traffic to it through my channel and the channel of friend channels of friends that, that are going to help me out. Um, so that's where the majority of the traffic came from. Um, I do think there is something to that credibility and, you know, you're going through a platform, people can feel secure that, okay, kickstart, Kickstarter um, is overseeing this and has made Andy check the box on a few things um, as opposed to just going through my own website. Um, but he asked, would you do another one? And I think the answer has got to be no, because I didn't do one for the Pika screws. And I was just as excited about that one. I just went directly through my mm -hmm. website. Thinking there was that since I had to drive most of the traffic anyway, and it would have been the same thing with those screws, I might as well not pay the platform. Um, I established myself enough that I felt like I had the, the credibility gained through the platform was pretty minimal if I'd gone through Kickstarter. So I decided not to do it. Um, you're, if you're probably familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with, with uh, Jocko, Jocko, whatever mm -hmm. is his, his yeah. channel. He yeah. goes through Kickstarter every time, even though the same thing is true for him. He, I, I think the, I don't want to speak for him. So Jocko, if you want to set me he's straight here, I, I think, yeah, he's yeah. a huge <laughs> listener. I'm sure. I, I think that just the credibility of going through, through the Kickstarter platform continues to be something that's important to him and that he feels brings value. I would love to be able to do both in parallel and and learn, but that's really yeah the maker knife right maker knife. I got my um, always got it on me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so I don't think I would do it again, but I think there's there's a part of me that wonders if I'm making a mistake there, but it's it's kind of hard to know. You can never know with those things. I mean, you can never know. Just do what feels right to you. Honestly, that's all you can do yeah. with those things. Right. Uh, that is a great question. I mean, from like start to finish, how long was that campaign? I mean, when you before, I mean, I mean, I know you were working on the actual product, but I mean, when you started working mm. within the Kickstarter ecosystem, how long from start to finish was that process? Very fast. I yeah. just did the very minimal. If you look at what? my Kickstarter, there's the, I just kind of checked the boxes and did kind of the minimal to get it out there. Right. It was kind of like, if you're here, you've been watching me tease this uh, for right. a year on Instagram. The hype was already so, there. So you want one? Go ahead and buy it. <laughs> you want a turbo, twin turbo vice? <laughs> yeah. Buy twin. Yeah. Come on down. So and these crazy twin turbo vice and program. Right. No. So right. you didn't use you didn't use Kickstarter to like try to raise capital to get the funding to start making the product? I did. I did. I just assumed that people had been educated on it beforehand. Now I I, I will okay. say I did spend effort making I hired like a voiceover actor to read the script and I did some things different to polish like a really good video that was in the Kickstarter campaign. And it was the, it was where money was being raised, raised and people were putting in pledges. And at the end of it, Kickstarter gives you a, a check. And, um, it, it was a mechanism to generate funds to, to get it all, you know, kickstarted. Neat. Okay. So, okay. <clears throat> that's, and I, that's, I kept hearing the theme of like you rolling the money right back into the campaign itself and improving it because people, like you said, Oh yeah. People got a better vice than what you were promising initially. Yeah, so, I the, no money went to feed my family from Kickstarter, and yeah, really very little. Those guys. I used to be a big Kickstarter 
backer. Like I, I would love like fun little projects and see things on there. And, uh, and I, if I liked it, I would just like throw money at it. Hmm. Um, and sometimes you just saw them never come to fruition. Sometimes you saw them kind of like you barely got a product at the end type of stuff, you know? So like, it was definitely like they made money on it and then they're just kind of died and never became a thing mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, and the Kickstarter was pretty much it for the launch. Um, so it's really nice to see that this, this has become like a full thing and not, not only kickstarted this product, but like now, like you said, you don't have to go through that platform anymore. You're right. established enough now to do it on your own. Just do it directly. Yep. Super neat. Yeah, and this is now, um, I don't know if we cut, touched on this a hundred percent, but like you're, this is your full-time gig now, right? Uh, it's not. So I have traditional employment still in the woodworking space, uh, as, um, in through MagSwitch. So I lead their line of woodworking products. Right. Cool. How, how long have you been working with MagSwitch? I started at the beginning of 2020. Great time to make a oh, big yeah. career change. <laughs> right. I'm locking that to your contract. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> awesome. Uh, and then aside from that, it's all pretty much uh, YouTube products and like I, I always like to to know like where where how how you know people that we all looked up to kind of where's your revenue streams community like revenue. revenue streams like you're able to feed your family you you're you're living a dream you're doing a thing you know it's always it's always cool to see like where people are getting their kind of revenue streams from. Right. Uh, so the, I mean, the mag switch thing is a, is a salary, you know, you do a job and you, you get paid a salary. The, um, and, and apart from that, like inclined is most of the revenue uh, comes from physical products and most of the physical product revenue is the twin turbo vice and accessories. That's the vast majority of it. Uh, but I've, I've really, I've, I've only been selling the vice for three ish years and most of that, in fact, almost all of it has gone just back into uh, R&D for new products like the Pika screw. That hasn't made anything yet. Very pretty minimal revenue compared to the vice at this point. And then inventory building because you start off with no inventory. In order to have a viable business, you need a warehouse full of products and that you, you pay for them long before you sell them. So just building up inventory and researching new products and some investment in the shop. Like I've plugged all the money that I've made back into the business at this point. I'm just kind of getting to the point where I can reliably tell my wife, Hey, I, I can start pulling a little bit out to you can buy uh, that can of corn. This week. Yeah. You, I can yeah. cover that can of corn with uh twin turbo Very vice nice. money. Um, so that's, it, it's exciting to be feeling twin like I'm getting to corn. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go Back a little bit to MagSwitch. Um, you said that you started there in the beginning of 2020. So according to my math, it's only been a little under three years. Right. Um, did you go into that relationship with them knowing that you also have a side business? Did you have to like negotiate a little bit and say, hey, this is the thing I do and I'm, I want to continue doing it and – you know, how did that look? Yeah, very much so. So the way I made contact with MagSwitch was by building a knockoff MagSwitch and putting it on my YouTube channel. And <laughs> so I, I built a that DIY version. More poorly. Yep. And <laughs> and a comment came through that was polite, but kind of pushing back that MagSwitch is good and also seemed like they really knew what they were talking about. Like, who is this? 
So I went on LinkedIn, like, this is the CEO of MagSwitch mm. commenting on my video. <laughs> so I, I commented back through life by linked on LinkedIn. And we, we traded a couple messages. And it turns out they're right next door, up up no in uh, outside of Boulder. Oh. And, <laughs> and I live down in Parker. So I came in. And I pitched a, you know, I, I pitched a couple ideas for what I thought they should do with, with their woodworking product line. Some back, backstory on MagSwitch. Started 15 years ago. The first products launched were woodworking products, but then they got into welding, heavy lifting, and automation and didn't have anyone to really lead and innovate woodworking for, for a while and had been looking for the right person. So I pitched a few ideas uh, and we started talking about, well, can you do some consulting for us? Um and and I really I decided I really wanted this I wanted this consulting gig this is this is kind of early mid 2019 uh, so so I put together my all my best ideas for what Magswitch should do with their product line I made a video and I said here's what I think you should do and on the strength of that video they hired me to consult and lead the business as as a consultant <clears throat> and we launched we launched three products at the end of 2019 um, they did really well it was it was a fun team to work with. And I uh, negotiated a full-time employment and I left my, my old employer. And because I, I really like the, I, the core technology is so cool. It was, they were giving me a wide open field to do, you know, take it whatever direction I wanted with the new products. So anything new that you don't like is totally my fault. <laughs> um, so that's, that's uh, how it came to be and, and why it was a move I wanted to make. Interesting. That's really cool. Well, let me just say I have the the universal featherboard, I think. Double magnet universal. I have two of them. I have one right. for my bandsaw and one for my table saw. They're fantastic. They're good, They're aren't the they? I just love them They're for fantastic. like to incorporate into jigs and things where you just slap it on a table, tighten it up, and you're set. Right. The jigs where you can yeah. kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. Like Absolutely. everyone does the like the Jessam uh guides for your table saw <laughs> fence, you know, and everyone just does the mag Mm. You, you know, I've had conversations with Jessam of, you know, I, everybody buys our products to, to mount your thing. Should we do some kind of a collaboration? Oh, yeah, hem and haw and haven't been able to get anywhere with them. But it's, it seems like everybody who has that Jessam wants to mount them with mag switches. So, I mean, it's yeah. the best solution, right? Yeah, solution, yeah. Yeah. You can get it out of the way when you don't want it there. If you want a, you know, tenoning jig or whatever that it's going to get in the way of. Well, so, awesome. Jessam, if good. you're listening, I still want yeah. to do that. <laughs> they do, actually. The CEO listens every week. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Jessam. Tim- All every week. Timothy Jessam. No, uh, <laughs> that's a son. Timothy, yeah, 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 Timothy and Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Their dad's son. Team. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that, that's really cool. <laughs> I mean, the Mag Switch stuff is awesome. I mean, I don't know how many of those I got in the shop. There's a million of them, but it's really cool stuff. I probably um, have like four or more. <laughs> yeah, it's... Anyway. Uh... That's kind of the show. Andy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. That was, uh, that actually went really, that was really fast. <laughs> like, I can't believe we're an hour oh, and yeah. 10 already. So, kind of flew through it. Yeah. This was, was a lot of fun. It was a great conversation. This, this was, yeah, it was, man. Thank you so much for coming on here and thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing all your knowledge with us. Uh, we did mention WorkbenchCon. I did want to say that if you are planning to go to WorkbenchCon, you can use code AWP to get 50 bucks off right now. Well, until they're stopped selling the tickets, I guess. So go check that out. Pete will have information about that in the description. Yep. Um, 
But also, uh, like we said in the show, we will not be doing an episode next week. We will be uh, just kind of taking off some time. We're all, I think everyone's tired right now. You can hear it in all of our voices. Yeah. Happy Christmas. I just need a sleep. Next week. One <laughs> sleep, <laughs> please. <laughs> That'd be great. No, so, uh, but we'll be back after that. Uh, I'll get a guest lined up for that for sure. And we will talk to you guys then. Andy, thank you for coming on the show, man. You are the man. We'll talk to you all next time. Take it easy. Yes. Thank you very Bye-bye. much. Thanks again. Bye-bye. 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 Take care. Love you long time.